Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you, doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and uh, we'll not waste any time, and we'll go right into our first segment. List building with Joe! And for this list of the week, we're going to uh, go back to the Empire, and we're going to start with uh, Darth Vader in the TIE Advanced X-1, and Darth Vader is going to be rocking Hate, Pattern Analyzer, Fire Control System, and Afterburners. Then we've got Duchess in the TIE Striker with Ruthless, Predator, and Fifth Brother. And rounding out the list, we've got Rear Admiral Chernu with Trickshot, the Child, Moff Jerjerod, Minister Tua, Agile Gunner, and Dauntless. And essentially what you've got is um, three ships that um, all can pack a punch on their own, um, all kind of working together to, you know, make your opponents pay. You want to leave Rack alone? Okay, well, then he's going to target lock, double force, um, come after you, uh, possibly trickshotted. Um, you want to leave Duchess alone? Well, then Darth Vader and Rack are going to... Um, basically, you get what I'm saying. Like, you have three solid pieces on their own, all of them working together to um, basically be a huge pain in the rear end to your opponent. So, there's that. Let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. AMG Rules Forum. Starting off this week, we have the cost of R2 on Delta 7B. OP. A question came up about the cost of the R2 droid on the Aether Sprite with a Delta 7B configuration. Since a Delta 7B configuration replaces the agility, does the staggered cost of the upgrade also affect the lower agility? Aether Sprite with Delta 7 configuration, does R2 D2 R2 droid cost 5 or 8 points? Answer: Any Aether Sprite equipped with a Delta 7B still pays 8 points for R2 Astromech. From the FAQ if a ship equipped with an upgrade that alters one of its values, such as agility, how does this affect the variable cost upgrades? Answer. Other upgrades are ignored when calculating variable costs, and the base values of the ship are used. Next question. Is electrochaffed cloud a friendly device? OP. Hi. Now that electrochaffed cloud is also a device, can it be a friendly device? And so it can be triggered, trigger feedback ping, for example, or because it is an obstacle without a white black side, it can't be friendly. So it triggers uh, only ability like Republic R2-D2. Thank you. Answer. Electrotraff clouds are neither friendly nor enemy and thus do not interact with feedback ping. Next one, Chaff Jams. OP. I haven't been able to find a census or consensus. 
When a ship overlaps or lands on Electro Trap Cloud and is given a jam, which player decides what to jam in the case of multiple options? Answer. The players whose ship overlap the Electro Trap Cloud determines which green token or lock is removed and or broken. Next one. Starting turn on an obstacle. And again, this is just a reminder before I read this that some of these have changed. Um, so... Make sure you're you're paying attention. We're we're getting closer. So right now we're in uh, November fourth of twenty twenty one. So we're we're getting closer to the more recent rules questions. All right, OP. Assuming that a ship ended its previous turn on an obstacle, does that ship suffer the effect of the obstacle on the following term? If a the ship's leading edge is outside of the edge of the obstacle, thus the movement template would not be placed on the obstacle during the movement phase, or two the ship's leading edge is still on the obstacle, the movement template would be placed on a portion of the obstacle during the, the movement phase. I'm unsure of the answers to the above. Because of the rule before a ship's moved, if it is range zero of an obstacle, it does not suffer the effects of an obstacle unless it moves through or overlaps that obstacle again. Answer. Scenario one, no, the ship does not Suffer the effect of the obstacle as it does not move through or overlap that obstacle again. Scenario 2, yes, that ship would suffer the effect of the obstacle as it moves through the obstacle. And the last one we'll read for this week. Deathfire Nash-Windrider Interaction. OP. After you are destroyed, so this is Deathfire's ability. After you are destroyed, before you are removed, you may perform an attack and drop, drop or launch one device. Nash Windrider. During the engagement phase, after a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 is destroyed, if the ship has not engaged this phase, you may spend one charge. If you do, the ship engages at its current initiative. Let's say Deathfire gets destroyed at initiative 6. Nash Windrider spends a charge. Deathfighter now, now engages at initiative 6. At the end of initiative 6, he gets removed. Does he now get a bonus attack per his ability? because he is now being removed, or B, his ability specifies that it has to go directly after being destroyed. Simply put, does he shoot twice? Answer. Yes. Deathfire, the TIE Bomber, would be able to attack twice in this scenario. Nash Winup Rider's TIE Interceptor ability triggers during the aftermath step of 6A. Resolve any of the defending player's ability to trigger after a ship defends or is destroyed, excluding any abilities that grant a bonus attack. This would enable Deathfire to engage at the current initiative step and be able to attack due to simultaneous fire. However, prior to that engagement, Deathfire's ability triggers during step 6D. Resolve any of the defender's playing abilities that trigger after a ship de defends or is destroyed that grant a bonus attack. So for the rest of this episode, I kind of wanted to do a deep dive into uh, Scum and Villainy, um, just because I've been talking to a few people and they mentioned that um, they weren't sure exactly how to be competitive with uh, Scum and Villainy. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of look into the past to see what lists have been competitive in the past that may shine some light into something that might be competitive 
today. So with that said, we'll start off with uh, with a few lists that I think uh, have the potential to, um, for lack of a better word, um, make an impact in the landscape uh, in today's uh, X-Wing. So without further ado, we'll start with the uh, Drea Swarm. And I know a lot of people have been complaining about generics, but I think this one might have some legs. So um, if, and as with any of these lists, if you get a chance to try them and you like them, let me know what you think. Um, very curious. But anyway, Drea Swarm. So we've got Drea with elusive dorsal turret, R4 astromech, and false transponder codes. And five M3A uh, cartel spacers, um, two with heavy laser cannon, two with tractor beam, and uh, one with tracers. And you can actually probably make that two with tracers, one with tractor beam, um, depending on how you you want to set it out. Um, but that gives you plenty of rerolls in there as long as you can keep Drea alive. And um, you can do quite a bit of damage um, by reducing agility with tractor beam, tractoring them into the heavy la into the bullseye for heavy laser cannon um, with rerolls seems pretty nasty to me. So just just something to think about. So there's that that first list. Next, um, one of the archetypes that did well in the past was uh, Boba and Two Fangs. Now, typically you were running the, uh, the I-4s, but with points as they are now, you can actually get um, some better options to uh, flank beside Boba. So... Um, Yeah, sorry, I'm thinking there. Um, so you start with Boba, and I've got Boba built out this way. You can try building them out uh, pretty much however this is all flavor to taste. Um, but we've got Fearless, Thermal Detonators, Contraband Cybernetics, Shield Upgrade, Slave One Title, and Veteran Tail Gunner. Then you've got Old T with Fearless, Enduring, and Mandalorian Optics. And then for the remaining five points, you can do a Mandalorian Royal Guard with Fearless and Mandalorian Optics. Or you could put in Joy, Cad. Um, yeah, Joy or Cad. Um, any of those would, would do just fine here. Um, I kind of like the Mandalorian Royal Guard just because... Uh, You can you can really uh, make Boba that much more survivable um, when his rerolls don't help you out. So just just something to think about. All right, next one, um, Scum Aces was another archetype that um, I saw do well, and uh, this one I've I've tweaked just a little bit. Um, just because I think it's going to pack a little bit more of a punch this way. And so we start with uh, Dengar, 
uh, rocket Notorious, Proton Torpedoes, L3- L337, Greedo, and Contraband Cybernetics. Finn Rao with Fearless, Enduring, and Afterburners. And um, in the Hawk, you've got Gamut Key with Protectorate Gleb and Elusive. And Lando Calrissian in the Escape Craft with Marksmanship and Tactical Officer. So what you've got is you've got a way to basically coordinate both of your aces at a lower initiative if you want freeing up the uh the action economy and um really just making your aces punch that much harder so and then this last list that i want to talk about it uh it wasn't an archetype that um was successful in the past, but I do believe it is just scummy enough to be dangerous. And I will tell you, having flown against it, it's very easy to underestimate, and um, it's it's really kind of a pain in the butt. So, what's the list? Well, here you go. You've got Cicero with Swarm Tactics, Marshmanship, and Ion Cannon. You've got Captain Sevor with Juke and Heavy Laser Cannon. You've got Paylob with The Child, False Transponder Codes, and Moldy Crow. You've got Gamut Key with Elusive and Protectorate Club. And Cannon Jarrus in the Hawk with Maul Crew. And essentially you fly this in a little block and you are stripping green tokens, you're jamming locks, you're you're basically making these two dice guns hit as hard as they can. Um, And Captain Seavor with Juke is just mean. Um, He's he's really, really a pain in the butt to deal with. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that's some some lists that uh, may or may not be competitive. Um, And this is just what I could come up with. I mean, Maul is an amazing piece right now. Bosk is still an amazing piece. The Mandalorian's amazing piece. Boba is an amazing piece. Um, So really, all you've got to do to be successful with Scum um, is... Pick two, um, two or three of your favorite big bounty hunters and put them together in a list and throw in a little bit of backup here and there. Um, Gamut Key is cheap. Lando Calrissian and the Escape Shuttle is cheap. And you're basically um, setting up the punch of those higher initiative ships or those other bounty hunters. So if if you're really considering scum, look in those options because you're not going to be uh, disappointed. And you know, if you look at the data, there's there's a bunch of other things still out there that uh, did well for scum. Let me go over uh, a couple of other ones. So uh, Canon Jarrus with Maul, 
Manaru with Gar Saxon, Contraband Cybernetics, Notorious, R5P8, and Punishing One, Lima Kai with R5TK, Tearfawn, Belly Run, Dorsal Turret, Proton Torpedoes, and The Mandalorian with Contraband Cybernetics, Jamming Beam, Razor Crest Title, L337, The Child, Predator, and Fearless. Um, did well at um, the World Open Qualifier in the UK. Um, another one um, at the Galaxy's Flight Academy was uh, Cicero with Proton Torpedoes, Lee Mackay with um, Proton Torpedoes, Dorsal Turret, Tearfawn, Belly Run, Cad Bane with Zuckus, Xanadu Blood, Engine Upgrade, Contraband Cybernetics, Electro Chaff Missiles, Jamming Beam, Heavy Laser Cannon, Daredevil, and Bosk with Ablative Plating, Contraband Cybernetics, Greedo, Perceptive Copilot, Culey, and Notorious. Also, we see um, Cannon Jarrus with Ahsoka and Ahsoka Tano crew and Compassion. Emon with Andraste, Cluster Mines, Proximity Mines, Kiara, Trickshot, and Boba Fett with Veteran Tail Gunner, Maul, Marauder Title, False Transponder Codes, Proton Bombs, and Notorious um, do somewhat well. Um, then we also see Bosk, the Mandalorian, Cavill, and Nomlom in the Rogue class. Um, all uh, also do well. Um, and that's Bosk with false transponder codes. This is in the Z95. Cluster missiles, marksmanship, and predator. The Mandalorian with the Razor Crest, Mandalorian optics, Greedo, Savage Oppress, and L337. Cavill with Munitions Failsafe, False Transponder Codes, R4 Astromech, Proton Rockets, Dorsal Turret, and Notorious, and Nomlom with Munitions Failsafe, Proton Rockets, Proton Cannons, and Swarm Tactics. And then um, the other one that we saw uh, in Scum that did well was Old Tarak with Afterburners, Crackshot, Fearless, Bosk with Contraband, Greedo, Zamwessel, Forlom, and Notorious, and The Mandalorian with the Razor Crest title, Contraband Cybernetics, L337, The Child, Fearless, and Crackshot. So those are um, ones that have actually done well um, in tournaments past with Scum. So as I said, um, really, you just got to find the, the bounty hunter that you like to fly and throw them together with a couple other ships and you may get something useful there. Um, yeah. So that's going to do it for my uh, talk into scum. Um, I want to take a couple minutes and just, and maybe speak to the, the people that are um, having trouble with the game right now. Um, and I can, I can totally relate to that. Um, I have gotten to play quite a bit of X-Wing this week, at least more than is normal for me. Um, and I'll tell you, I've lost 
almost every game, and it's demoralizing, and it sucks. Um, a couple of them were really close, and the rest of them were just complete blowouts. Um, and uh, there were several of them that I lost um, because I made poor decisions. Actually, that's probably <laughs> more than enough. But anyway, what I what I wanted to say with that is X-Wing is a game that collectively uh, we love. And I'm using we here because if you're listening to this podcast, if you're one of the, you know, 20 or 30 people that um, download and listen to this podcast, that I'm assuming you have a love for this game. Um, and there's something about this game that stands out from the rest of the competition. And um, for me, it's the it's a combination of a whole bunch of things. I love list building. Um, I love trying to strategize and put pieces together and things like that. Um, I love setting dials and trying to outthink and outmaneuver your opponent. Um, I really, really dislike when the variance goes against me. Um, but, you know, that's part of the game and it's what makes it interesting. Um, so find what it is about this game that you love. Find what it is about this game that makes you want to play and hold on to that. Um, there's, there's been quite a bit of negativity and, uh, as of late, well, yeah, I was, I was going to say at least, you know, some of the big, bigger podcasts are talking about it, but I've also seen it in my own store. Um, I've got one player right now that's, um, kind of, how do I put this politely? driving the rest of the players to not want to stay in contact with the Discord channel that we have because of their constant negative comments. Um, and, you know, that's that's a problem. But at the same time, like... This game has a strong community around it. Yeah, it's taken a little bit of a hit. Um, but that's that's not the end of it. I refuse to believe that that's going to be the end of this game. Um, there is still so much more that um, AMG could bring. There's all kinds of ships from all kinds of factions that we haven't seen yet. These new card packs that are coming out and scenario packs are, they look fun and exciting in a way to, for lack of a better word, rejuvenate the game. Um, so find, well, you, you already know what it is about the game that you like. And if you're having trouble with the community, then reach out because I guarantee you it's not everyone in the community. It's probably ones and twos 
here and there that are making it a miserable experience. And it's, it's a good lesson, not only for you, um, but just a good practice as a whole to avoid the negativity and find what it is that you like and hold on to that. And don't let the naysayers really keep you from what you enjoy. It's a lesson that I've had to learn myself. And um, it, it can be difficult to do, but I promise you, you're going to be in a better place if you can learn that lesson. Just a quick plug while I'm thinking about it before I wrap up this podcast. Uh, the first of the Gold Squadron Galactic Championship events is this weekend. So if you're not doing anything, there's not very many people signed up by now. Uh, I mean, 55. Uh, last I checked. But um, yeah, sign up. Come. Play in, play in the event. And um, as I said if before, if you're uh, a patron and we're paired against each other, I will uh, Venmo you or PayPal enough money for uh, a drink, depending on your level, or food if you join the super high tier. So, uh, just something to keep in mind. Thank you very much for making it this far into the podcast. Uh, Please consider leaving a review however you consume it. It really means a lot to me. I read every comment, and I try to reply when I can. As you know, I like to leave every episode with a question. And this week's question is, which faction do you think will come out on top in Gold Squadron's first Galactic Championship event? This is Sailor Joe, signing off. You're not alone.